0: 9, 24 through 27. You ready? Let's read it together. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. At least after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Amen. So I run the race. I fight the good fight. Amen. I press on uh, to the high call and the upward call of God. Amen. Forgetting those things that are behind and pressing on toward the goal, the prize of the upward call. Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Let's give God some praise for that. Let's touch and agree just for a moment. Oh God, we love you today and we give you thanks for your going before us and with us, Lord God, in the midst of our journeys. We ask, Lord God, that you would heal the world, that you would heal the planet, that you would heal every tribe and every nation, that your spirit would arrive and be prevalent in every hemisphere and every continent and every people grouping in the name of Jesus Christ that the power and love of Jesus might be known and experienced by people all over the world that you would allow us to make a difference in this region and beyond allow us Lord God to let our light shine allow us Lord God to perfect our witness allow us Lord God to have an evangelistic thrust where we're witnessing sharing our faith and inviting people to you and inviting people to your family, your foe, your fellowship, your community, your church. Allow the church to come alive in us because we represent it. We are ambassadors of yours. We're emissaries on behalf of the kingdom. We represent you in our various spheres of influence, Lord God. So go with us. Go with us and anoint us that your purposes might be achieved through us, and in spite of us. Help even our flaws, Lord God, to represent your perfection. Help our missteps, Lord God, to represent your humility. Allow us, Lord God, to look to you, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Allow our faith to increase because without faith, we know it is impossible to please you, Lord God. So fill us with that mustard seed faith that our faith and your anointing, your appointment in our lives, your election and selection of us, Lord God, is worthy. Make us worthy. Make us ready. But more so, Lord God, help us to enlist and make others ready through the process of discipleship. Help us, Lord God, to be coaches for spiritual purposes to be achieved in the lives of your children, Lord God. Help us to bypass the world's influence and its corruption it's a desire to taint us and to tempt us and allow us, Lord God, to overcome through you. Touch our lives. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to worship. Teach us how to meditate and to stand on your word and promises in the name of Jesus. We believe it. We receive it. We accept it. We embrace it. We claim it. And the people of God said, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Thank you, Jesus. All right, good to see everybody. Good to see you all. You can be seated. Uh, if we have any first-time guests in the house, thank you for your presence and uh, ask you to fill out that Connect card, that little sheet, half sheet that you received. We'll talk a little bit more about that later and turn it in. We even have a gift for you afterwards, but we acknowledge your presence uh, a little later. Amen. Uh, and, uh, but thank you for being here. All right, this is what we call our off Sunday. What happened? What's out there? What's going on out there in the world that's, that them plucked my children, God's children, out of here today? Y'all don't know? What month is it? It's the end of September. <laughs> they got some songs about that. <laughs> Amen. But let's do our due diligence. See, that just lets you know. Some of y'all, how many, how, how many any, anybody in here, you know, just almost didn't make it today? Just raise your hand. You almost didn't make it. All right, thank you for being here. At least you didn't let that spirit jump on you and succeed. <laughs> but a number of people failed in their striving. <laughs> Amen. But it's a good day, and God has a word. Amen. He has a word for us. Uh, and maybe, maybe the rest of them be on Facebook watching. Amen. Uh, but we need you here. Let me say to the Facebook, social media family, folk who are watching, we need you here in this place. Amen. It's not the same. It's not the same energy. It's not the same feel. Not, it's just not the same to be outside of this fellowship and be amongst the people of God. Amen. So we're talking about embracing the race. And the thing that uh, God impressed upon me with this message is that it's an intergenerational race. It's an intergenerational race. It's a race that uh, all of us are involved in running, but we're at different ages and different stages in our lives running this race. Amen, somebody. And sometimes the age and stage, in some instances, will uh, have us disconnect from each other and have us feel like we're running this race by ourselves. Well, my parents they ran their race; I'm running mine, and we neglect or we're aloof to the fact that we're st- all on this track together. It's a marathon. It's a mass group of people running. It's intergenerational. Somehow this marathon trans uh, it, it translates into being also a relay, a relay race, if you will, where we're passing the baton. We're receiving it and we're giving it away. We're receiving it and we're giving it away. We're receiving it. It's, it's, it's a forward look and it's a backward. And if we lose that disconnect, if we disconnect from the generations, amen, somebody, then we'll lose our effectiveness. And that's part of what we see in this generation is that we have somewhat lost our effectiveness uh, to be interdependent. Amen. We have somewhat lost our effectiveness to reach multiple generations. You know, in the 1900s, uh, the average lifespan was 48 in, nine, in, in 1900. The average lifespan was 48. Amen? Uh, now it's 78 plus. So we picked up 30 years. 30 years on our lifespan. That's a, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of time. Matter of fact, my parents were the first generation, my mom was born in 1920. So her generation was the first generation to live to this extended age. First generation, you know. Prior to that, people weren't living that long. And on average, there were three generations alive at a time. Now there can be as many as five generations alive at one time. So when there were three generations alive, it was easier for us to, uh, to understand one another's roles and responsibilities and how we interface. The gen- younger generation could wait, you know, because okay, folk gonna be gone pretty soon and then we'll have our chance, we'll be in charge, we'll take up the mantle of leadership and so forth and, 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 and now that we're living longer, they even say we have second retirements. <laughs> Amen? Not first, second retirements. We're, we're retiring again. And we're living life again, even after 65. We have more years to consider our life purpose and what it is that we, we're supposed to be, amen, and do. So this traditional generation, the generation before 1945, you know, they had a different mindset. They're the ones who fought the war, w- world wars. And as a result, the mindset was one of sacrifice and interdependence. We need you. We need one another. Amen. And then these baby boomers came along. Amen. And the baby boomers are from uh, 1946 to 1964. I slipped in there. Amen. And so, so these baby boomers, you know, they had a different mindset. They shifted to a mindset of hyper-individualism. Hyper-individualism, a rugged individualism. Amen. And they began this process of a a disconnect from the faith. My generation, we started that. We ain't proud. Amen. But we started this disconnect from the church of Jesus Christ because we started to value psychology over theology. Amen. So rather than looking to the Bible for advice about how we raise our children, I remember them reading Dr. Spock. Amen. Dr. Spock didn't have good advice, but they thought he had good advice, and they traded in a biblical worldview and mindset for psychological thinking. Amen. And individualism, you know, doing my own thing. And and as a result, a disconnect happened between the things of God. And then y'all Generation Xers came along. Amen. You're from 1965 to 1980. Amen. Amen. Any of those in the house? 65 to 80. Amen. So so this is what you're all known for. You're known for... (laughs) (laughs) This is what you're known for. True for you, but not for me. What's true for you is not necessarily true for me. Amen. So the boomers, it was an erosion of sacrifice. Amen. An erosion of sacrifice. We stopped being willing to sacrifice for other people. It was about me, myself and I. Go on for myself and as I go up my, for myself, maybe I'll just coincidentally and incidentally help somebody along the way. So it, was, it all revolved around me. Amen. The exers, <laughs> amen, it was an erosion of authority. You know, I think how you, th- I think and you think how you think and we'll go our divergent ways and we don't have to collaborate or negotiate or find middle ground, you know. Listen, live and let live. So it's an erosion of authority, amen. So, so there was no one person in your generation that became the authority about a particular topic a subject or theme or, you know. So, so you can see, we're, we, we're not getting stronger. <laughs> we're getting weaker as time goes on. So our erosion of sacrifice, erosion of authority, And then came the millennials, 1981 to 2001. Any millennials in the house? Raise your hand. Okay, Millennials in the house. God bless y'all. Amen. Millennials, they're known for be good, feel good, live your life. God is watching. (laughs) <laughs> be good, feel good, live your life now I ain't interfacing with God but God is watching <laughs> you know and, uh, and, and so, so what happens is we, we began to critique each generation and we ridicule one another for our tendencies amen somebody we're real hard on the Millennials. We really shouldn't be that hard on the Millennials. We're the ones who made them. <laughs> we created them. You know, you know in, in, in my generation, if you were 30, you would be married, you'd be on your own, you know, you'd be, you, you have your profession together, you know, you have your career together. You know, if, if, when we finished college, no, when we finished high school, my folk told me, don't come back home. Millennials are back home. <laughs> and nothing wrong with them being back home. <laughs> somebody say, someone may never left. <laughs> but we create that comfortable environment and the resources. So what has to happen is there has to be a redefining of the relationship. You know, they might need to pay a bill. Amen, somebody. Somebody say, or two. (laughs) You know, so so we want responsibility to be birthed, but we're not requiring them to be responsible in some instances. And so, you know, so here they are. So now, uh, more than half of the women aren't married by 30, and uh, and, uh, two-thirds of the men aren't married by 30. Amen, somebody. And so they call it, emerging adulthood <laughs> emerging adulthood ain't, ain't quite an adult but you're emerging amen somebody and and so 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 how do we interface with the generations amen how do we how do we interface how do we pass the baton how do we how do we you know engage amen First of all, we all have to be more honest with each other. Amen. You know, my generation and the generation before, we were good at hiding our struggles. Did you hear me? We were good at keeping our struggles to ourselves. And that's part of the problem. People need to hear about your struggles. Amen. You don't just need to man up, woman up. The next generation needs to know about your struggles. It needs to know about your highs and your lows, your ups and your downs. That's where, we can in, that's where we interact. We interact with the truth. We don't hide the truth. You know, this is tough. What I'm going through right now is tough. Downsizing is tough. Losing a job is tough. Not just bear it. Not even tell, let anybody see your pain or your frustration or your sadness or your, and some, God forbid, depression. But the young folk, the generations need to know truth. Amen. Amen. Too often we guard them from the truth, you know, and and they need to know the truth earlier than we needed to know it. Amen. Some research says that a child can be six years old, a girl child can be six years old, and she already has some idea of some sensual identity. I'm talking about in this generation. You got to talk to these careers early now. Amen? You got to have uncomfortable com- conversations with this generation. This generation doesn't need to be coddled. This generation doesn't need to be out the loop. Amen? And, 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 and if, if they're out the loop, we're going to have a detachment. Amen? And then we're wondering why we can't even get our own kids to come to church. Amen. Why we can't reach somebody at a different generation in our workspace, in our workplace. Amen. Why we can't, you know, make the intergenerational, you know, connection. Amen. Because we're in ridicule mode. And we're frustrated and, to- and, not- and non-tolerant. We're non-loving. We're, <laughs> we're not compassionate toward the, ne- the, le- the generation. And we're speaking to young people like they're five or ten years younger than they really are so we don't give them adult status. In the church of Jesus Christ, it says that we are brothers and sisters, and there's neither male nor female, amen? There's neither Jew nor Gentile, amen? In other words, he's saying there's not this demarcation between us based on age, or race, or cultural background, amen? So people need to be included. People need to be reached out to, and people don't need to be talked down to, when they are adults. Amen, somebody. So that sounds like we got to extend some grace and some mercy and be magnanimous. Magnanimous means to be grace, give grace towards somebody when they don't even deserve it. Amen. That all sounds like Christian principles, doesn't it? So that means we got to put our Christian principles in action. And, you know, the old preacher would say it this way. Stop looking down your self-righteous nose at somebody else. Amen. As if you haven't made any mistakes. As if you haven't had any missteps. As if, you know, you've always been on the right path. How soon do we exercise a frailty and failure amnesia? Amen. Each generation needs to be loved. Amen. Each generation needs to be appreciated. And each generation needs to be utilized and, and engaged. Praise God. So we got to engage with the generations. Amen. And so, so, so this migration from the church is continuing because of our disconnect with each generation. You say, well, where are the people in the church? We you know where they are? You disconnected from people rather than connecting to people. You know, it would seem like the churches, you know, it used to grow faster. Yeah, it used to grow faster. Amen, somebody. But we're more dis- disconnected now than we've ever been. So we got to reconnect with people of every generation. We like to hang out with people, the exes, specifically, they like to hang out with folk who are like them. Amen, somebody. Can I get a witness? You know, if you think about your social connections, you enjoy being around people who are like you. So, well, how are you going to reach folk for Jesus if you just enjoy people that being around people that's like you? Amen. We got to cross over to reach people. Amen. And, and, and bring people in. Some people, we have, it hadn't even occurred to us to invite them to church because they ain't like us. Amen, somebody. And you know it's going to take a little more work, You ain't willing to put in the work. Amen. You ain't willing to be inconvenienced. You're not willing to, you know, cross over the line. And when it calls, the church calls us. The the, 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 the mandate is for us to reach people. It didn't say what kind of people. It didn't say people just like us. It didn't say people that like the things that we like. It didn't say people with the same background, same education, same neighborhood, same community, same mindset. Amen. It says to reach people. Period. Amen, somebody. And so we got to stop and come out of our myopic view of who God wants us to touch and, and fight the fight. Amen, somebody. Fight the fight. Amen. You know, uh, there's a story about, a well, true story, a lady and her husband, they were, uh, they were, you know, just riding uh, their bicycles, they were cyclists, and they had just almost completed a 70-mile you know track and and on her you know last mile, she's pulling in the parking lot near her, near her uh, uh, car, and she falls. she falls, and it is uh you know, it's not the first time she's failed. She's, she's fell failed on, numer- on numerous occasions. And she just lays there. And her husband said, are you going to get up? <laughs> and she just lays there and says, I don't know. You know, and what's running through her mind, maybe I need to find a new hobby. Maybe I need to find a new way to exercise. Maybe this just ain't my thing. I'm tired of falling. Maybe I need to be a spectator, not a participa- p- participant. And so this downward spiral of thinking and this obsession with failure, this focus on pain, you know, it just, it just arrested her. And she's falling down, and, you know, and then it occurs to her, you know, just because I've fallen down, doesn't make me a failure. Staying down does. Amen, somebody. Just because I'm falling down does not make me a failure. Staying down does. Amen, somebody. Can we commend people for getting up? Can we commend people for trying? Can, can we commend people for making the, 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 the attempt? Can, can we start to encourage one another for... For for where we are, not necessarily the false expectations about where we want them to be. Can we accept people for where they are? Amen. And start to cheer and and, and applaud and and, and and lift and encourage one another. Amen. That's that's what the God has called us to be, encourage us, to lift one another up, not pull one another down. You know, this is old adage say Christians are renowned for shooting their wounded. You know, because we're all, we're known for what we don't like and what we're against as opposed to being an aid, an assist, a leg up to other people, praise God. Amen. You know, if I'm going to reach goals, I'm going to have a few failures. Amen, somebody. I'm, I'm striving. Amen. You know, if, if, I, if I was a, a pessimist, today would be a setback. We're trying to fill this church, but it's less full today than it was last Sunday. Amen, somebody. But I ain't a pessimist. I believe there's a process that God has in place, and and he's going to flesh that process out, and he's going to bring the increase. Amen, somebody. And I believe he's going to bring the increase sooner than later. Amen. So, So the mindset has to shift to believe that God has you. He has you. He has me. He has our loved ones, praise God. He has grandmama and granddaddy and mama and daddy and sisters and brothers and children and grandchildren, praise God. He has them in his hands, so we got to begin to believe the best and pray those positive prayers for their outcomes. Amen. Not constantly berate and ridicule and Persecute and talk about me. <laughs> Amen. We got to get out of that mode. We got to speak into the existence of things that are true, the things that are full of life, the things that are, are, are claiming abundant life, the things that are claiming a prosperous life, the things that are claiming a better life. Amen, somebody. So, so so, you're saying, well, yeah, our negativism and cynicism is is, is, is deteriorating our ability to reach people. But that's the order of the day. That's what we see on television. That's what we see at the news magazines, uh, programs. That was, that's what we see at the highest levels of government, just cynicism, negativism, you know, attacks, and ridicule, persecution, you know? And so we, it can rub off on you, you know? You don't need to watch MSNBC and CNN all day long. I know some of y'all are addicted. Amen, somebody. Because it ain't nothing but bad news. It ain't good morning America. It's bad morning America. (laughs) Amen, somebody. And so we need to ask God, God, whatever I have to do to let it be a good morning, let me achieve a good morning. Amen, somebody. Let me achieve a good morning. Let me believe the best. Let me hope the best. And it takes time for differences to be made in the lives of people. It's not a microwave mentality. Amen. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but it's a process of investing in people, even when they're hurt, even when they're down, even when they disappoint us, praise God. Just think, they're disappointing themselves as well. So we got to begin to bridge the gap, you know, you know just, just, just be able to traverse this territory and give God glory, praise, honor for his blessings. Amen, somebody. Are we willing to do what it takes so that people can be blessed? Amen, somebody. God is calling us to be a blessing, to be a helping hand to somebody else. Amen. God is calling us to run the race, you know, to fight the good fight, to be about the Father's business. Amen, somebody. There's another story about uh, a man. He's running, he's swimming. He's swimming a, uh, a half Iron Man. You know, you know sw- he's swimming in this Iron Man competition. Uh, you know, so he's swimming a few miles, and he begins to, he says, you know something? I'm not going to tread water this time. I, I want to I finish the race. He's participated before, but he's never finished. And he started thinking about, you know, I, you know, what I want out of this. I really want the T-shirt. I want the Iron Man T-shirt. I want to be able to say, I'm an Iron Man, amen. And you can't wear the T-shirt unless you complete the race. So he started thinking about his motivation. You know something, I got to keep my motivation going. So I got to get past this, this forbidden fruit of wearing, you know, I got to be able to wear this T-shirt. And so he's motivated. And then as he begins to get weaker in the midst of the swim, and he said, I'm not going to tread water, I'm going to push through and continue to swim. Because I'm thinking, my adrenaline is flowing now because I'm thinking about the prize. Now some of us would be like, that ain't no big prize. But for him, it's a big prize. It's all relative. Amen, somebody. He wants bragging rights for completing the right race, for fighting forward. So he begins to, 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 to extend himself even further. To fight more. To fight stronger. Amen, somebody. To fight longer. And he fights through and he makes it to the end. Praise God. He's not caught up in the paralysis of thinking through. His heart. You know, his heart fuels him. Your heart fuels you. Amen. Too many of us listen too significantly to our heads. Amen. We listen to our heads too much, you know. Your head can can convince you and persuade you about some stuff. Your head can send negative signals and you know uh, you know uh, perceptions. Your head can talk you out of stuff, talk you into stuff. Amen. We need to start being more attuned to our hearts. Amen. Somebody. And then when when your heart is sensitive, when your heart is attuned, when your heart Is engaged, it can lead your head to accomplish some powerful and 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 profound things. We need to put our hearts in charge, not our heads. You know, our heads will fill us with fear, our heads will fill us with doubt, our heads will fill us with cynicism and negativism and suspicion. Amen. But our hearts will lead us to take a leap. Our hearts will lead us to trust. Our hearts will lead us to believe. Our hearts will lead us to give the time, to invest the time, to pay attention. Amen? So we need to have a heart, a heart for people. Amen, somebody. Do you have a heart for people? Amen? Do you care about what happens to people? God wants us to get up, get engaged, get involved, stay in the race. Don't stay focused on our pain, but get involved in making a difference on his behalf. Amen somebody. Running this race, it's not always going to be easy. Amen somebody. You know, in life, you really do have to pick your pain. Somebody say, pick your pain. Life has pain. Did you know that? You know, the entitlement mindset has us thinking that you know, I can bypass pain, or I, sh- I should be exempt from pain, or pain is something I, not, I don't have to go through, but life is going to have its share of pain. Can I get a witness in the house? If you've been living a while, you know that life can bring the pain. Amen. So we have to decide to pick our pain. Amen. Some form of pain or another, whether it's induced or, you know, you know, you know, even when you think about exercise, you know, I, I, I have to pick my pain. If I'm going to exercise, you know, my ankle may hurt, my knee may hurt, my muscles may be sore. It's, a pain, it's painful. Amen, somebody. You know, it's painful. But, but I'm not talking about weight. I'm talking about exercise. So you have to pick certain things. Well, I'm going to suffer the consequences here. Or you can pick that I'm going to have a sedentary life. Amen. A lifestyle where I'm not going to exercise. And so the problem there is if you if you don't if you think about it and I'm not and I'm so yes, I'm encouraging everybody to exercise. You know, is that there's still a pain coming. So you got to pick your pain. Amen somebody. So obesity, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, those things cause pain you just need to pick your poison Amen somebody you know life medicating yourself or or are you gonna choose to a different pain God is calling us to pick some pains that that have benefits for the future amen society as a whole is gonna bring some pain but the question is what pain are you? Going to pick? Are you gonna think that you can have a pain-free route? Right, route, you know, starting a business is painful. Amen. You know, right now we're developing need for read, need to read as a as a nonprofit. And, you know, you know, doing a whole lot of things to try to, you know, fund it and you know get the word out and organize. It's painful. It's it's work. It's effort. It's it's diligence. It's, it's, it's a discipline that has to be has to be exercised in order to achieve anything. Amen, somebody. So if I start a business, it's going to be painful. Amen. Getting the education is painful. Amen. It's, you got to develop discipline. Being a good parent and having a good outcome with your children, it takes endurance and patience. Amen. Achieving goals, it takes commitment. It's going to be painful. If you want a reward, if you want to be blessed, if you want to receive some greatness, achieve some greatness, if you want uh, some some sweetness for your soul, amen, you got to be willing to pay the price. Ask somebody near you, are you willing to pay the price? It's not going to be a free ride. It's going to cost you something. Amen. It's going to cost you something to get invested, to get involved, to achieve whatever you want to achieve, whether that's good health. Whether that's a prosperous lifestyle, God is calling us to get involved. And the easiest route is not always the best route. Most times, it's the hardest route. Like the poet said, it's the, it's the, it's the road less traveled, it's the one that leads to success. Amen? Flatland. Flatland counterpart. You know, flatland route. You know, we want to take the flatland route. You know? There's going to be some hills to climb, some valleys to traverse in this life. Amen? Don't get it twisted. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in favor of prosperity, but, but prosperity is going to cost you something. Amen, somebody? So are you willing to pay the cost for your faith to come alive, for your hope to come to fruition? Amen, somebody? For your belief to be stronger, for your purpose to be divine, for your plan to be, to be secured, praise God, for the strength of God to be made manifest in your life. Somebody say, well, I want, I want to know that God knows me. Mm. Amen. Well, you know, well, you got to do the opposite. You know, do you know him? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I want to know that God knows you. Well, you discover that God knows you by getting to know him. Yeah. And it's going to take some time. Just a little bit of time, not a whole lot of time, but it's going to take some time to get to know God. It's going to take some time to get into the word of God. It's going to take some time to get your mindset wrapped around worshiping God in spirit and in truth, to move to this place. Praise God. It's not the easy route, route always. It's, it's sometimes doing the hard stuff. Amen. It ta- talks, you know, poverty You know, it's something we can come out of, but it's going to take some energy and effort. You know, profit can be achieved, reward can be achieved, but it's going to take some labor. Amen, somebody. Hard work. We need to pick our pain. Amen, somebody. You know, even in relationships. You know, you ought to know when the pain is coming. Amen. Some of us choose painful relationships. Can I get a witness in that? You know, you can can get out of there. (laughs) You can exit stage left. (laughs) You can just say no in the name of Jesus. Pain in relationship. Amen. Now, there's also pain in building and growing and restoring and rebuilding and refurbishing and renewing relationships. In, in, in a relationship being strong, it's going to be some pain. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some dialogue, some understanding, some defining and redefining a relationship. It's going to cost you getting into the Word of God so that the Word of God might enlighten and light up your pathway. It's going to cost you, amen, to worship God, to pray, to seek His faith, to, to know that He's real and, and, and ask God to direct your path. Amen? So, 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 so to swim The triathlon, to to swim this course, it's going to take some time. Amen? In one instance, there's this lady, she's swimming, she's swimming, she's swimming, and she's, you know, she's got this tendency, as she's swimming this marathon to drift to the left, to drift to the left, and she drifts so far left until she headed in the opposite direction of the field. Amen? And then there's a, a Kayak that kind of moves up next to her, and first the person in the kayak is just hollering at her, "Hey, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. Hey, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction." You know she can't. hear. she's in the water. She's swimming. She's engaged. You know, you know, and, and, and so he takes the paddle, taps it. Takes the paddle and taps it. That's what God has to have to do to us sometimes. Take the paddle, and, take the paddle and tap us. You're headed in the wrong direction. Amen, somebody. And, you know, and, and she didn't have to take his advice. You know, she, swum, she swam this course on many occasions. But, but see, that's the problem. We, 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 we want to do life without any coaching. We, we want to do life without any direction. We want to do life without any instruction. We, we want to do life without any access to self-correct, you know, to, to change your course, praise God. But she did listen, and she did turn the other way, and she finished the race. But if not, she would have been on the other shore. Amen, somebody. So so God is trying to give us everything we need, but the question is, are we coachable? Are we reachable? Are we impressionable? Are we influenceable? Are we teachable? i ask you again. Are we teachable? Are we influenceable? Are we impressionable? I can't Can can God impress on us something? Can he invade our space and tell us to do something a little bit different? Can he he instruct us to make an about face? Amen, somebody. Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to, to hear? Are we willing to understand? Are we willing to ask and request for his discernment, praise God, so that we can lead, guide, and direct us? He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. Amen, somebody. Some of us, we refuse to get in the race waiting for direction. No, go ahead and start the race. Amen, somebody. You know, that would be crazy for, for Siri or my GPS system to just lay out my whole itinerary as soon as I push the button to go for my directions. Amen. I can't remember... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different turns and roads and routes. It's gonna give me a little bit at a time, and that's how God's gonna feed you a little bit at a time. If God shows you your life before you live it, portions of it at a time, you go crazy. Amen, somebody. Don't nobody need that much information you would be on too much information. Amen, somebody. I don't need to see the whole journey. Just give me pieces of it at a time. and Let me be satisfied that I'm being directed by you. But I got to open up my ears. I got to open up my heart. I got to open up my spirit. I got to open up my life to Jesus. So the question is, does Jesus have access to your life to direct you, to correct you, to guide you, to counsel you, to instruct you? Praise God. Say, God, I open up my heart. I open up my life. I open up my mind. I open up my purpose. I open up my ambition. I open up my plans to you, Lord God. And I ask you to please direct my path. The word of God says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So the question is, again, are we coachable? Now based on the intergenerational studies that I just went over earlier. Amen, somebody. We're in an era where authority is balked at. In other words, authority is discounted and devalued. Whereas God says, let me be your umbrella. Come under me. Let me cover you. Amen. Does this covering mean that I'm exempt from pain? No, but I choose the right pain. Amen, somebody. I choose the right pain, and as a result of choosing the right pain, I prosper. As a result of choosing the right pain, I'm blessed. As a a result of choosing and making the right choices, guided by the spirit of the living God, I'm directed by him. When I decide to move with him, I can't help but be blessed. When I decide to move with him, I can't help but make it to the other side because he's the one who takes folk through the Red Sea, amen, and they make it to the other side. He's the one who, who raises the dead. He's the one who heals the sick. He's the one who takes the bite out of a lion in the lion's den where we're not consumed by a hungry lion. He's the one that takes the heat out of the flame when we're in the fiery furnace of life praise God, he's the one that gives us the power to make it make it out, make it over to the glory of almighty God won't you stand all over the house I want to invite somebody to make a decision for him today I want to invite somebody to broaden the mindset and put down the intergenerational wars amen somebody start loving on everybody you know even in parenting at some point these children got to be adults and we got to treat them like adults even children that we see out in the street if you know if you you know, you can see a little disdain, a little attitude, a little contempt between the generations. Look at him. He got his, he got his pants singing so low. You know, they, they sense all of that. Just love on him. Don't criticize him. Amen, somebody. All tatted up. See, that's my generation. All tatted up. Part your lips and say, that's a nice tattoo. That might be different, huh? That might be different. I'm talking about my generation now because we don't, you know. Got them wheels spinning. I like the way your wheels spin. Blinged out. That's some nice jewelry. Amen, son. It's time for us to engage differently. It's time for us to engage differently. Just leave these folks alone. That's a good folk, amen. That's the only way we're gonna reach them, that's the only way we're gonna teach them, that's the only way we're gonna get us by alongside of them is to start this, this agency of love, an agency of love, an agency of compassion, an agency of concern, an agency of connection, not disconnect. We can reconnect to this generation, amen, somebody. The generations before, the generations after, And we can begin to pass the baton and receive it. Pass the baton and receive it. Likewise, the younger generation, y'all need to learn how to love on us. Amen, somebody. No, we ain't quite like you. We don't quite think like y'all. But y'all need to learn, to learn from us and consult us and, you know, come after us and respect us, praise God. We've been a few places, done a few things. Amen, somebody. We got a little bit of wisdom for you if you receive it and accept it. So God wants us to interface, intergenerationally, run the race, pass the baton, finish the race, fight the good fight. Amen. Win the prize. I want to invite somebody to win the prize today. You're invited to come, to connect, to be a part of the family, the fold, the fellowship, The community of believers, we're going to worship for a few moments, and we invite you to come to accept Christ, or you've already accepted Christ, but you need a church home. So make a decision today. I'm not putting this off. I'm coming now in the name of Jesus Christ. We invite you to come. With your love, if all I say, Jesus, Jesus, you are more than enough. If all I say, Jesus, thank you for being more than enough. Come on, say, you have captured my heart. Captured my heart. Sweet my heart, your heart. heart. with your love. Come on, say that one more time. All I, I say is you. Whoa. Oh.